Well, welcome everybody. Pray you're having a good day today from Christian Center Shreveport. Pastor Tim Carskett doing our daily podcast. It's holiday week as we prepare for the coming Christmas holiday. And we're talking about some of the controversial issues. And today we're going to talk about the angelic message and how we respond like Mary and Zechariah had to to the supernatural. Behold what light has come And the dark cannot contain it The Savior of the world is finally here Oh come, let us adore Him Come, let us adore Do you adore him? I do. I adore Christ the Lord, our Savior, and the beauty of his life. And that's what we're talking about this week. It's uh, Wednesday, the 20th day of December, 2023. We're closing in on this coming new year, uh, at, at the end of the year, I should say, and entering the new year. So we're excited about that. And so I just thought it'd be interesting this week to talk about some of these I like controversial stuff, just like to mess with people, find out where their hearts are. If you get mad at me, then you find out you got to deal with some anger. You know, if you're happy with me, well, okay, fine. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. It just happens. But there's this story in Luke, uh, the first chapter, where the angels start speaking. You know, there are, there are different encounters. Joseph had his encounter. Zacharias, um, you know, uh, the high priest at that time, had his encounter. Then, of course, Mary has her encounter. And the question is, how do you respond when angelic or supernatural revelation comes and tells you the impossible is going to happen? How do you respond? How many of you have had dreams, visions from the Lord, and he's telling you this is going to happen, you're going to get married, you're going to get a house, you're going to get a ministry, and you're like, there's no way that's going to happen. It's impossible. I don't have the means to make those things happen. Well, how about this? You know, you're going to conceive in your old age, or you're going to, uh, Abraham and Sarah, you know, how, how are you going to have a baby when you're 90s? These are the impossibles. How are you going to get delivered? It, those are the impossibles. So how do we respond? So let's look at this story and see how they responded. The first we start with is Zacharias. Uh, when he has his encounter, uh, an unusual encounter, right? The angel come to him. Elizabeth is quite old, and uh, they don't look like they're going to be having an, a child either. In the first chapter, when this angel came and, and appeared to him, it, was, it gripped him, it says in verse 12, but the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will give him the name John. And of course, that's where we get John the Baptist, right? Um, and going down to verse 18, and Zacharias said to the angel, How will I know this is for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. So here's the impossible. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Now, Zechariah had to go through some things to get that. And we 
have to understand God was so, you know, focused on John the Baptist being born, obviously. It was a very prophetic. Christ couldn't be who he was uh, in the time, time frame he was coming without John the Baptist being there. Remember, the, the Messiah must be bur- baptized by the high priest, uh, which, you know, Zechariah was a priest. And he was in the lineage of that priestlyhood. Uh, most studies show that John would have been the high priest, probably, had not the Romans selected Caiaphas. And okay, so Caiaphas wasn't a, a probably supposed to be that, but you know he had to have. We had to have somebody there to, to crucify Christ. So you understand how God works all things for His good. Anyway, so when Gabriel, when Gabriel the the angel told Zechariah, who's this older guy that he and his wife would conceive, the priest reacted with doubt. Obviously, you would too. And he was unsure if the angel's message was true. In response, Gabriel was temporarily struck. He struck the man mute. That's what it says here in verses 19 and 20. It says, And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when all these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. So this is a whole word for all of us, not to speak death over the impossible promises from God. So when you get a prophecy that just seems impossible, or an angel appears to you, or you have a dream, you need to be quiet. Isn't it interesting that, you know, when Israel was walking around the the walls of Jericho, they told him march, you know, seven times on that last day and then shout, right? And it says in the scripture that they were silent as they walked. They were not supposed to say anything until the shout comes. You ask me why? I think it's the same reason here. Because we don't need people speaking death and unbelief. That's how serious unbelief language is. It can steal a miracle. It can steal an opportunity. When Jesus had already given them authority to speak to the winds and and stop the storms, they couldn't. And then he said to them, O ye of little faith. So lack of faith will come through the words. And so God was going to make sure that Zacharias wasn't going to be a problem here. And he tells, he makes him a mute for six months. Wow. Uh, You know, I say this, I imagine Gabriel later said, thank you, Lord because I would have been speaking, this can't happen. I, he could have gone to his wife, Elizabeth, and said, hey, God gave me this dream, or this angel appeared to me and told me this, but I don't think it can happen. Well, how much faith would that message be? So God took care of that. He made sure. So Gabriel, so Gabriel has delivered an even more amazing message, this time to Mary. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, in verse 26 and 27, the Gabriel was sent from God, the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, and the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So we see this, right? And coming in, he said to her, Greetings and favored one, the Lord is with you. So the priest's son would be an important herald of the Messiah. We know that. Um, Verses 16 and 17 of that chapter, and it says, and and he, uh, speaking of John, 
and he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to their Lord your God, and it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous as to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. So Mary, however, will give birth to the actual Son of God, Jesus the Messiah. And we talked about that uh, yesterday uh, when the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, this Most High overshadowed her. Okay, so Gabriel reacts with more information rather than a rebuke to her. Now when Adam sinned, and back in Genesis 3, he brought a sin nature to humanity which was passed down to all of Adam's children. Romans 5 tells us that. And Jesus' conception by the Holy Spirit, rather than by a human father, accomplishes two purposes. Number one, it, it makes Jesus free from sin, that all fathers pass to their children, and it also fulfills the prophecy that a Messiah would be born of a virgin. That's what it says in Isaiah 7:14. So this means Jesus will quite literally be the Son of God. Matthew 1 tells us that. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, right? He gave his only begotten Son. Matthew 14, 33. He will be born holy, lacking any sin of all, and remain that way forever, according to Hebrews 4, 15. And 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I'm not going to read those scriptures. You can... Go back and look at I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> I don't want you to, to go there with me on that. So it would be easy to forget that Mary's unexpected pregnancy during her betrothal to Joseph, which you know in Luke 1, 26, uh, we read that, would be have created a social dilemma for Joseph, for his part was inclined to break the planned wedding when he learned that she was expecting a child not of his own. Matthew 1 talks about that, right? Uh, and you can understand why Joseph was struggling with it. But even when Jesus was an, as an adult, rumors about his birth would be used as insults by his enemy. We see that in John 8, uh, 19 and 41. So the news that she would conceive as an unmarried woman implied the burden of its own. And yet Mary will respond with joyful obedience. Here's what she does. In verse 36, let's let's read the story here. Verse 36, and behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also uh, conceived a son in her old age, and she was called barren, is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible for God. So he uses the reference of of Zacharias and Elizabeth to encourage her, look, if you don't think God can do this, I want to tell you this story. Your aunt, your your family is conceiving even in their old age for the impossible is becoming possible. And then Mary did what we should all do when we receive such a word. And Mary said, behold, the bond slave, bond servant of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word, and the angel departed. There was no need for the angel to remain. There was no need need for any more discussion. Why? Because Mary makes that statement. God tells her nothing will be impossible with him, but because she's a bondservant of the Lord, her life is not her own, 
She's died to the flesh. She lives to Christ. May it be done according to your word. And this is the the prophetic word I want to release in this season for us right now. Because I believe uh, we're going to have some things that we got to believe. And we've got to change our language. We've got to start speaking life. Third great awakening. There's a perfect word. God said there's a third great awakening. And then we start talking about how messed up the church is and how bad this group is and not walking in unity. We need this. We need that. Maybe it wouldn't be bad if the Lord made us silent and mute and let us walk this thing out until we see the great awakening. What are some promises over your life in this season that you're believing for? That the Holy Spirit, the God most high, has spoken to you through a dream, through a prophetic word. Do what Mary did here. Let's, let's make a vow, a holy vow, to the Lord that we're not going to speak death over our promises. We're going to speak life over them, and we're going to say that we are bondservants of the Lord, and be it done unto us according to his word, not ours, not somebody else. I'm not talking about when somebody gives you a, hey, I think you could do this. I think you could be successful. I think you could have your own business. I think you could be in ministry. That's well-meaning, but this was not a word from a human. This was a word from the Most High, from the Lord. And she says, may it be done according to your word. That's the power of the word. When the word of God is spoken supernaturally, and it can be God highlighting the scripture for you. We're praying for somebody we love that uh, you know, keeps getting um, bad reports in the hospital. I just heard she shall live and not die, and she will do the works of the Lord. I have to decree that because that's the word I'm getting from the Lord. That's the word, be it done according to your word. Now, when we speak the word of God in an impossible situation, the word supersedes the impossibility. And this is the story of this, hall, this season, which was there was no way Mary could have a baby being a virgin. But God said it so. He made it so. And when he did, she said, that's what you want. That's what I'm going to agree with. And instead of just trying to theologically figure out how can this happen, why not just believe? There are times that you're just not going to understand. That's why it says that the gospel is foolishness to the wise, to the intellectual. There's a thing you just have to believe. When Jesus said that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Christ is raised from the dead, we shall be saved. Okay, that's faith. That has nothing to do with reality of understanding everything. There is a time that you must believe. There's a great video out there of that minister, uh, I think he's Irish, where he talks about the, the thief that went to heaven, and they said, why are you here? And he said, the guy on the middle cross said, I could be here. There's a time you just got to believe. Believe the promises. We're believing this story. We believe that Christ was born of a virgin and that he is the Son of God. Believe yourself. May it be said to you that everything God promises, yes and amen, and may you say, be it done according to your word, Lord, in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. I hope that encouraged you. Come back tomorrow. I love you. Well, thanks for listening today and each and every day. We're almost at the end of the year. So we want to thank you for helping us all year long with your giving and your support, listening to us, sharing this with your friends. It's such a blessing to us. Don't forget, you can give at the end of the year. We'll send out tax 
donation notices. Um, if you'll give at this time, just put on their podcast or you can put pipeline, you can put Christian center, whatever you like on your, your offering, but we're so grateful that it helps us keep this ministry going. Go to our website, christiancentersreport.com, or you can do it on our app. There's a give button there as well. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.